Guten Morgen, ich will euch recht herzlich begrüßen im wunderbaren Namen Jesus Christus. Amen, amen. For yo, everyone that didn't understand it, that's how we start our gypsy services in German. And we say, we greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And it's a great honor to be here this morning. And actually to tell you a little um, behind the scene, maybe, a little footnote. Did you know that Hohenfels Baptist Church was the first church that took me on? In 2002, um, I decided, uh, felt that God was going, leading me to become full-time missionary. And um, my dad talked with Brother Ray Dink, Pastor Ray Dink, and they said, well, if he wants to become a missionary, we'll take him on. And so Holmfels Baptist Church was the first church that took us on. So um, what, that's 19 years? I know I have shoes on, so it's kind of hard to count past 10, <laughs> past 10, but 19 years, right? 19 years. And praise the Lord. Um, our passage this morning is in 2 Peter chapter 1, two, starting with verse 2. In our song, In Christ Alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, and my song. You know, that, that's also the message for this morning as well. We'll see that it's um, Christ's power. It's God's power. He's the one that is, enables us. And... Um, one of my favorite verses in um, Philippians is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so through Christ I can do all things. And that's what we're going to see this morning. And also I want to give you a prayer request. Pr please be praying. Our church in Würzburg um, has been out without meeting facilities for since October we had to give give them up and um, because they were kind of outside of uh, Würzburg and so we gave them up and because of the second lockdown it was just um, not feasible to keep the the facilities so we gave them up and we've been looking and um, Lord willing, it looks a whole lot like we might have found a place. And it's right in the community, right in the subdivision where a lot of our gypsies live. They can walk to it. And so please be praying that if it's God's will, that um, God will work out all the details and that we'll be able to um, secure these facilities and be able to um, start in September meeting then as of now we've been just meeting um, a few families in w one apartment one week and then the next week we would meet somewhere else so um, please be praying that we'll be able to meet meet together and get these um, rooms and be able to then have joint um, services again second peter 
chapter 1, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to his glory and virtue. This morning, I want to look at the subject of uh, and ask uh, uh, us the question, how to live our Christian life effectively. And if we look at this uh, and look at this passage here, we see that... Um, God has given us everything. Did you notice that? God has given us everything we need um, that pertaineth unto life and godliness. He has already given it to us. And he's given it through what? Through his divine power. It's not something that we produce. It's not something that we have to work for, but we get it through His grace. We, we, we receive it. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. We see in the scripture that once we are saved, once we um, come to the acknowledgement that we are a sinner, that God has put a price tag on, on sin, and that is um, death, and we accept, accept it that we are sinners, and through faith then we believe that Jesus became our substitute, came, became man, and um, died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose again the third day and, and when we repent when we turn from our ways and through faith call upon the name of the Lord we will be saved and once we get saved not only um, are do we become children of God not only do we um, get sealed with the Holy Spirit not only do we get the fruit of the Spirit but here according to Peter here um, we got we get, receive everything that we need Everything that pertains unto life and godliness. In other words, everything that God wants us to do after our salvation in the rest of our life here on earth, we received it. We already have it. Through His divine power, He's given it to us. And, and those of us that are parents, we, we know this. When we have uh, a child and that little baby is finally here, we look at it and it pertains everything that it needs to live, to walk, to eat, to do everything. But it really can't do much. Sometimes even the doctor has to spank it so it will start breathing. But it has everything. And that's how and we, we as parents and then have to train the child how to what? Eat. How to sit up first. Maybe roll over. Maybe then start to crawl. Then start to walk. 
start um, how to talk, you know. First, it's they speak in a foreign language, and uh, and I have experience because I have five kids, and um, God bless has blessed us with those, and and I got to see, and I noticed that each of my five children, even though they had everything, and um, that each one of them developed different. Each one of them um, progressed differently. Uh, other ones um, could um, speak f um, uh, a whole lot sooner than the other ones. Um, uh, other ones crawled faster than the other ones. Other ones walked. Uh, they, but eventually they all figured it out. They all grew. And now four of them are already in school. And now I only have the little baby Esther that's already three years old. No, four. She turned four in May. <laughs> See, I got my check and balance. Since um, Joanna's teaching the, the kids, um, I brought Michelle along so she can check me out and ma make sure that I don't say anything too dumb or um, wrong. But um, Esther's four years old and she's growing as well. And she can pick up songs. Um, I think um, she's been learning um, Jesus is the way. Is that the name of the song? Um, in a children's church. And so on the way here, here she asked um, Joanna, are we going to sing Jesus is the way today? And Joanna said, well, I don't know that song. She said, I, I know it. And she started singing the song. So uh, Lily, this, uh, Esther this morning was teaching Joanna um, the song, Jesus is the Way. And all, all that to say that each of my children, they have the ability, they got everything by birth, but they had to be tr um, trained, be taught. They had to, um, excuse me. They had to be um, use the things that they were given. And when they don't use those things that they are given, then sometimes they go backwards or they don't develop as much. And, and so they have to, the things that they were given, they have to use. And when we look at our Christian life, we see that as well. God has given us through his divine power. That, that means not my power, but through God's power. He's given me some things. He's given me all the things that pertain through life and godliness. And he's given it to me. And here it says, and we need to then use that. The way we uh, learn how to use all the things that we have, the way we live effectively is when we not only realize we have everything, but also we start using those things. And to better explain it, let, let's look at Moses. Okay, in Exodus, or for, in German it's second Moses. You know, it's easy. The first five books, learning the order uh, in German is a whole lot easy. You just have one through five Moses. It's good. But Exodus chapter three. And a lot of us know this story. Moses is now 
here in front of the burning bush. He's now way over 40 years old. He's uh, miraculously was saved from being killed by Pharaoh. He was able to be raised by his um, parents until he was weaned and once he was weaned then he grew up in Pharaoh's house and and then when he was 40 years old he decided that he was going to go help his people and he left Pharaoh's house uh, uh, palaces and went and was going to help his people in his own might and he and and we know the story where he sees uh, Egyptian and a Jew fighting and he uh, um, tries to um, break it up and he ends up killing the Egyptian, buries it, buries him and um, thinks nobody saw him. And the next day, what happens? Two Jews are fighting each other, and he tries to break that up. And they say, "What are you now going to um, kill us like you did the Egyptian who who put you over us?" And now um, Moses has had to um, flee from Pharaoh, and he's been in the wilderness and. And later we'll see it's almost 40 years where he's in the wilderness as well. So now he's 80 years, almost 80 years or around 80 year, years old. And he's married, has kids, and he's taking care of his um, father-in-law's sheep. And he gets near this mountain of God, Horeb. And there God appears in a burning bush. In verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not, not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush is not burned. And we know the story. He goes forward and the voice of God says, hey, stop your own holy ground. Take off your shoes. And, and then God starts talking to Moses. And, um, and um, in verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the afflictions of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a, a large unto the land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of all those nights. Okay, and now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptian oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of God. 
Here, God, through the burning bush, he introduces himself and he says, hey, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I, I, I'm that God that has been faithful. I'm that God that called your um, forefathers out of the land and I'm the one and I am the one that also have heard my people's cry. I have seen it. I am the one. And the whole time while he's introducing himself to Moses we keep on hearing the word where God says I I see it I am I'm doing it I will do it uh, and basically the whole time God said hey I have divine powers I'm going to do something I'm going to do something great through you um, you tried it about 40 years ago to do it in your own might and fell flat on your nose. It, it didn't work. But now I'm, I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you exactly what you need. I'm going to do it. I, through you, your people are going to be liberated from captivity, from slavery. I'm going to do it. And wow, what a pep talk. What a pep rally. <laughs> Seeing a burning bush that doesn't uh, um, burn up and hearing God tell, tell you all these things that um, he's doing. And guess what Moses, his answer is. What does he say? He says in verse 11, And Moses said unto him, Who am I? Wait a minute. Moses, have you been sitting on your ears the last minute and a half or how many how, how long it has taken God to introduce himself and tell everything that he's um, been saying? He, he it was not about you, Moses. Um, you the only thing that where you came up was when God said, "I'm going to send you." You know, a little bit. But it's going to be me. Not you. Who am I? Really, it doesn't matter because it's the divine power. So often, you know, we might be very quick to judge Moses, but you know, I've noticed in my own life, and maybe you have too, you read the scripture and you find out uh, something that you're supposed to do, like give your tithes or witness or read your Bible or pray or rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. You know, we read that. And what is our first response? Who am I? How can I do that? Not me. Those are, that's for Pastor Inslee and Brother um, Shannon, maybe Brother David, maybe from those, you know, those very spiritual minded people. Not for me. Who am I? I just come to church. I'm just this or that. Whatever we want to add to it. You know, so often uh, the reason we, we don't do things for the Lord or we don't do the things that God wants us to do is we say, who am I? What can I do? I'm just a nobody. <laughs> and and uh, Moses does the same thing. He asks God, who am I? And you know what I love about God? God here, he doesn't 
skip a heartbeat and go in and explain to Moses who he is. Because it's not about Moses. He, he continues and he said in verse 12, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. Hey, Moses, it's not about you. And this morning, Holmfels Baptist Church, we need to realize that it's not about me. It's not about us. It's about God. It's about Jesus. It's about his divine power. He's the one that has given us everything that we need that pertains through life and godliness. It's his divine. He's given it to us. It's not about us. It's not about you or me. It's about God. And, and God says, I'm the one. And how does he respond um, to the question, who am I? He says, hey, Moses, I'll be with you. It's me. I'm going to send you and I'm going to be there. I got tokens. I, I have things that I'm going to do and I'm going to show. And I am, I'm going to be there. Moses Asks, who am I? And God says, I'll be with you. And isn't that the same thing he does for us too? We go, man, how can I do it? What can I do it? Even um, Job was asked, and how can this all be? And, and what did he say? God says, I'm there. I was here be, even before you were there. Where were you when I was creating heaven and earth? And God tells us, hey, I'm with you. I'll be with you. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. I'm always with you. I'm by your side. Um, I, I'll be there. I'm, I'm the one. Um, through me, you, you can accomplish all things because I'm giving you divine power. I'm giving you the will and, and the do. I'm giving you everything you need. It's me. And I'll stick with you. I'll be by your side. I'll never leave you. I'm going to do it. Uh, anything I've promised you and asked you to do, I'll work through it. I'll help you. I'll do it. And I'll stay by your side. I'll never leave you. I'm always with you. Don't worry about it. God is the one that has divine power and he's giving us all things. And that's what he shows Moses as well. He says, Moses, it's not about you. Don't bring up the question, who am I? Because it's not about you. It's about me. And I'll be with you all the time. And then look in chapter 4. After, when, when that issue didn't work, you know, um, trying to downplay um, himself and, and say he can't do it, then when God continues saying, hey, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then in chapter 4, he tells Moses, and Moses, in verse 1, and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto me. 
unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thy hand? So it didn't help Moses to know that God was beside him. So, and he was still trying to find excuses. And we'll see um, throughout the thing, even to the end, he's finding excuses why not to do the will of God, why not to live effectively. Um, and God says, first of all, I'm there. It's all about me. And then second, he says, hey, Moses, stop complaining. Moses, stop trying to um, bring the focus back on you again. Stop whining about everybody else. Stop um, th thinking how the people are going to react or what the people are going to do. Don't worry about that. Um, what you need to be focused on first, on me, and then second, look in your hand. And what was in his hand the whole time? The whole time while he's um, in front of the burning bush, he has a rod in his hand. Something probably, he's had that maybe for the last 40 years. Uh, uh, once he became a shepherd for his um, father-in-law's sheep, he probably got that uh, rod and he's been ha having it in his hand. He, he's know, he knows how to use it. He know, knows um, its qualities and he knows what, what to do with it. And God says, hey, hey, Moses, stop complaining. Moses, Look at what you already have. I've already given you what you need. That rod, you know, that's the rod that he's going to throw down and it's going to turn into a snake. That's the rod that God's going to use to convince um, um, Moses that he, he has divine power and that he's got. And you got, already have it in your hand. You know, what I've learned through my Christian life, every time when God asks me something to do, I've already got it. You know, uh, something simple like paying our tithes, he, he, we already have it. it. It's not, we have income. And we're supposed to take the 10% off our income and give it. Uh, when... when um, God wants us to do things in the church building and, and, and uh, help around the, the, the church. Is he, he wants us to put our talents, our gifts, the things that um, we already exist. Hey, have you uh, already have? Have you noticed none of the men have asked me to sing a song? And y'all should be happy about that. You know why? Because I can't sing. So guess what? God doesn't require me to stand up here and sing a solo. But you know what I can do? When we're singing as a congregation, hey, I can sing along. Sometimes off tune. Or a lot of times off tune, right? But hey, when everybody else is singing, you can't even tell. But God has people here that have talent that can sing. He might require you to sing.
But there's some things that we have that, that, that God has already given. But to tell people about the Lord, to tell people what God has already done for us, everybody can do that. Because what do we do? We just tell what God has done for us. How He saved us from hell. How He saved us from sin. How He's given us forgiveness. We, we just share that. We all can do that. Everybody can help put chairs up or put them back down. Everybody, there's always something to do around the church that we can put, um, do. And God really has already given each and every one of us a talent, a gift, ability. And then when we come to church, that's when we put it into practice. We do it. Moses, look in your hand. What's in your hand? A rod. Then use it. And so this morning, God not only has given you His divine power, and He's the one that is going to work it, but He's also given you already everything you need. You just need to decide. And that's what it is. The th a third point, not just recognize whose power it is, and not just recognize what you have been given, but also thirdly, resolve to use what you have been given. Have you even just stopped and thought of everything that God gave you at your salvation? A little homework. Um, read Romans 5 and make a list of everything God's given you by your salvation. Uh, I, I put together a list and it's probably not, but I got 45 together. Like he justified, he gave us peace, hope, love. He reconciled us with God, forgiveness of sin, gave us a home in heaven, freedom, no condemnation. And that's only in just one chapter. If we go through the Bible, through the New Testament, we'll see um, time and time again where he'll tell us all the things he's given us. So recognize what he has given us and resolve to use it. God tells Moses, that thing you have in your hand, a rod in verse 3 of chapter 4 and he said cast it on the ground and he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent and Moses fled from it and the Lord said unto Moses put forth thy hand and take it by the tail and he put forth his hand and called it and it became a rod in his hand the whole time he had a serpent in his hand a rod that could become a serpent. Not by his own power, but through the divine power of God. The only thing he had to do is listen to God. And when God said, do it, do it. Use it. 
and and he resolved and here it's so so amazing here in this split moment Moses doesn't complain he'll complain later he'll find excuses later but in that moment when God says hey a rod throw it down cast it down what does he do throw it down and that should be our heart. That should be um, our, um, in German, Einstellung. Um, we, that, uh, we should be resolved to do that. When God says, do it, let's do it. Amen. Stop ex finding excuses. Stop finding somebody else to do it. Like later on, he'll say, isn't there somebody else? I can't talk. But stop it. Let's just resolve I'm going to do it. And it doesn't matter if nobody else does it. It doesn't matter if my wife or my husband or my kids or um, what about Brother Shannon? Is he going to do it? No, who cares? It, God's working in me. God's given me my divine, the divine power. And he's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. And he wants me. To resolve to, hey, I'm going to use it. I'm going to find out what I have, what he's given me, and I'm going to do it. And just drop away the excuses. We know the story, how God uses Moses. He becomes the... The greatest prophet, the greatest leader of the Jewish nation. He, with God's power, he brings them out of captivity. Oh, what great. Once he resolved to do and use the things that God has get, had given him. And now, this morning, what about you? According to Ephesians, God has for each and every one of us a work. He has something planned for us after salvation. And he wants us to walk in it. He wants us to do it. And what it is, I don't know. Maybe a missionary. Maybe a preacher. Maybe just a, a layman. Maybe just a, uh, have a career in the military and, and, and being a testimony for the Lord while you're um, being the best soldier that you can be. I don't know, but God does and God's given you everything you need to fulfill what He wants you to be. The only hindrance hindrance you have is yourself. Know that guy you see in the morning when you're shaving? That girl that you look at when you're putting on your makeup? The person that I see in the morning, that's the only hindrance, hindrance that I have. When I with all the knowledge that I have, all the things that I know, God has power, God has given me everything, and then I say, well, I'm not going to do it. And you know, God is almighty, and God is also patient, and God sometimes lets you make that decision. 
But guess what? If you resolve not to use those things that God has given you, guess what? You will miss out so much. Just think, just think if Moses would have decided not to do it. For the rest of his life, he would have been a shepherd. Where? Median, out in the desert. Taking care of not his sheep, but his father-in-law's sheep. Or he could decide the way he decided to use that divine power that he got, the gift that he got, and he used it. And what did he become? The greatest leader, the greatest prophet. He got to spend 40 days up on the mountain of God and get to talk with God. And God gave him the, the law, the Ten Commandments. Wow! He got to see the glory of God go by him. He got to be so close to God that his whole face was shining so bright that he had to put a veil over it because the other people, all the rest of the um, Israelites were afraid of his face. That's how close uh, Moses was to God. Just because he decided, I'll resolve to do what you asked me to do and I'll use the things that you've given me. I wonder what God has in the future for you. Uh, in 2002, it was scary for me. I was um, working for Mercedes, and, and um, when Mercedes joined up with Chrysler, then I was working for Chrysler in the parts department. My hands were getting cleaner because I didn't have to work on the trucks, and, but I was still involved in mechanics. I was having a life. My dad was in Europe as a missionary. I was an MK, working, earning my money, and living it. Wow! And then God called me to be a missionary. At that time, I was single. Had no idea that my future wife existed. She's a Yankee. I'm a Southerner. We don't mix normally. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but I didn't know she existed. But God called me. And I am so glad that I followed that call, even though I didn't know all the details. But you know what I got to experience these last 20 years? Churches being started among a people group that have been forgotten, that have been overlooked, that have been in Europe for 600 years, in Germany for 600 years. I've gotten to see churches um, established and passed on to national pastors in Nuremberg and in Bamberg. I've been able to see also churches started in Würzburg and in Bayreuth and in Kirchl. Uh, even a Russian-German church in Worms that has a national pastor now. I've also been able to see and watch um, gypsies from Nuremberg go and start churches in Karlsruhe and Essen and also there's a church up in Kirkl up in um, Krefeld that one of my preacher boys from Würzburg went there and started a church in 2018. I got to see that. 
I got to be a part of seeing gypsy people that have been hated by the outside world get to see Jesus come into their lives, get saved, baptized, grow in the Lord, and, and church is being started. Wow, what a ride. You know, compared to working for Mercedes and Chrysler, this is a whole lot more exciting. I get to travel with my gypsies in the in when back when Corona wasn't around. We got to travel in our um, pull behind camper and get to go to all those nice places. You know, the ones that all the Americans in the states dream about, like Italy, Austria, here in Germany, Croatia. You know, a lot of the places where y'all get to travel around as military as well. Oh, what a blessing. Get to preach on campgrounds and the backdrop are the Alps. Wow. What a blessing. And to get to see people that have went through the Holocaust, that have even tattoos on their arms still, um, accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, get baptized, and have a heart burning. And hey, uh, can you come and start a church here in Bamberg? So we, my people, that, so my family can get saved. And because that everything I went through wouldn't be for naught. I've got to experience that. And we, there's still so much to be done. You know, there's 62,000 only Sinti gypsies here in Germany. The Roma's a, a gypsies pro population is probably double or three times that amount. But there's gypsies all over Europe. There's even gypsies in, in um, the States. There's people everywhere that need to hear the gospel. And, you know, you might not meet uh, many of the gypsy people I'm talking about. But you know what? There's a lot of people that you meet on a daily basis that I will never meet. And the only way they will be able to hear the gospel is if you live it. If you, uh, if you share it. If you use that divine power that you got from God and, 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 and the gifts that you've been given and you live it. You're not, you don't just walk, uh, talk the talk, but you walk the walk as well. Just think. Just dream a little bit. If he can take a renegade Jew that stutters and make out of him the greatest prophet when he can take a MK that has a speech problem and has no idea if is he American, Austrian, German, whatever if he can take that person and make out of him a, a missionary to a people group that are a closed community just imagine what he can do with you. Y'all got a head start. Y'all have examples. You have your pastor Inslee here that y'all can look at and, and see how God has worked through him. 
You can look at pastor um, writing and other men of God. You can read the Bible and, and look at Moses and, and glean from their wisdom and, and, and resolve to use what God's given you. Will you do that? Well, you'll realize that it's God's divine power that He's given you. He's given you also everything you need to live a life in, in godliness. And, is, and will you decide to use that, what God's given you? And then the next time I get to come here, we could trade places. Y'all could stand up here and tell me, hey, guess what? God has been doing. That's what I wish. I hope you will have the same desire. Will you let me pray for you? And then I'll turn this.